<laughs> Ron, we have jeans on. Yeah, it's great. I think it's on. It's just uh, Jason. Uh, yeah, or John's mic. Yeah, Justin was up here. I'm trying to put John. I'll talk. There you yeah. go. Well, anyway, great to have you guys with us. Uh, Ron, how long have you guys been with us now? A long time. <laughs> so much that we don't want to put a date on that. <laughs> Since the school. I'm not yeah. sure. Before yeah, school. it was. Well, there was that. That was after we there started the school, school, and then carousel, and, and then back, back to school. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So. Wow. So anyway, a, a couple questions. Um, as long as I've known you guys, you've been awesome people. Of all, I've known you all since you've known the Lord. So you went to a, a, another church in town a long time ago, good church. Um, but how has God, whether that church or, or even this church, but how has God impacted your life? Um, well, you know, for me, I was born and raised in church um, to the point where when I was two months old, I was baby Jesus in the Christmas nativity. So that answers a lot of questions now. We <laughs> I never lived up to that, though. Um, but, you know, from as long as I can remember, you know, when the church doors were open, we were there. Mm. And my dad's extended, you know, the whole side of his family all went to the same church. So my grandparents were there, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. So your whole family. Everybody yeah. went to the same church. And, you know, we went there from the time I was born till you know, we got married. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that was home. And uh, that's my, um, I had three older sisters. So Wayne, my cousin, anybody, there we go. Anybody know a good sound guy? <laughs> He's up here. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, Wayne, my cousin, was my big brother. And uh, so I was attached to his hip and, you know, Everything Wayne did, I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it just so happens, Wayne was the sound guy at our church. So oh, from the time I would, before I was a teenager, I was up in the sound booth with him, you know, wanting to do everything he did, every, exactly, you know, the way he did it. And uh, uh, that was kind of my ministry from, from the get-go. Um, and then, you know... Um, after we got married, we moved to from the east side of Cleveland to the west side of Cleveland, uh, found a church over there, uh, ended up in Detroit for a couple of years, and we went to a church up there, um, and then uh, God brought us back to Marion, of all places. Um, you know, we... How that is. I was, you know, we, we both grew up in Cleveland, um, and unfortunately, a uh, business partnership that I was in up in Detroit kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, unexpectedly. I mean, we went to lunch one day and, hey, we're not going to be partners anymore. RJ was a month old. Uh, so we were looking to move back, and it was either going to be we were going to move back to Cleveland because that's where my family was, or Karen's mom and dad ended up in Marion after, you know, moving around. Sure. Um, and I got the job in Delaware, so we ended up in Marion. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, where did you bring me? So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah. So, you know, when we came back to Marion. Uh, we found a church here, and uh, we started going there. And uh, that's really where God changed me, mm. um, because 
you know, I used to be very much an introvert. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't, you know, the thought of coming up here uh, and talking in front of people, I would be nauseous, mm -hmm. you know. But while there, God was like, you know, I want you to teach a Sunday school. And, you know, of course, I was like, no. Uh, and he's like, I want you to teach a Sunday school. And I was no. And then poof, he touched me, you know. So, okay, God, you know. So, <laughs> and it started out small. It was Karen, another couple. And so it was comfortable for me to stand up in front of these people, I, you know, three, three people I Karen. knew. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and teach the class. And then the class grew and grew and grew. Um, and then at that um, point is when uh, he called me into missions. And... Mm -hmm. Again, you know, we were sitting in the service and they were talking about a mission trip to the Ukraine. And I said, I think I'm supposed to go on that. And she said, you, you know, <laughs> have a good time. I don't, <laughs> I, you know, and, and so, you know, we ended up, uh, uh, I've been on trips to Ukraine, Guatemala, Venezuela, um, Peru, numerous times. I ended up leading trips to Peru. Um, and, and so, you know, those years at, at, at the other church in town here is, is when God really transformed awesome. me from who I was to who sure. I am now. So did you want to say anything? No. <laughs> really? This, this is not comfortable for me at all. Um, God changed me at that church also. I became very involved in youth ministries and... Um, it started to reignite my passion for teaching, which is what I do, um, which people find weird that I can stand in front of kids all day, but I would rather be anywhere but here right now. <laughs> um, I vividly remember when God told us we were to find a new church in Marion, and I vividly remember being at the carousel and bawling oh my. because I knew that's where he wanted us. But I didn't want to be there. Nothing personal. No. <laughs> I wanted him to fix it the way I wanted it fixed. But if I had not gone outside my comfort zone, my husband would not have grown to the man he is right now and stretched himself. <laughs> and I wouldn't be up here um, doing what God asked me to do. So. I could even go past that to say uh, true life has, I mean, Ron has been a key component and you as well, because it, behind it, you guys know every couple, they work together, whether you only see one or not, you know, behind every good man is a, is a probably a great woman or great woman is a great man or good man or however that works. But it's always working together. But Ron has been extremely instrumental. He actually does, uh, has done our announcements in the past and helped us with that. We'll probably use him even more again in those kind of things because he just it just clicks for him. He's good at that. And uh, so mm -hmm. um, anything you want to add? Oh, God. You caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> first of all, we're so thankful for them. I, If I'm wrong, tell me why. Did you come up to I think the first time we met you was at Panera. Like, didn't you just come to us out of the blue and you were at a... Uh, what is, what is it when kids upwards? upwards. Yes, you yeah. Heard him speak at upwards. That's, That's it. what it was. You heard him speak, and you. I remember you coming up to him and saying, "I heard you speak," and you kind of 
Was it the football one or was it basketball? Well, it's, basketball. Um, you know, the, the second question was, yes. you know, how, how did has TLC play a part in that? I'll ask it for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, okay. You know, we, no kidding. We, we heard PB speak at Upward Basketball. And, you know, he just gave, you know, every halftime they would have somebody come out and just give a short little thing. Well, he came out and, and gave, you know, a little devotional. And I went, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, maybe we should check out your church sometime. Um, and we weren't really at that point looking to uh, change churches. Um, but it seemed after that, we kept running into you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I kept saying, we need to ch check out your church sometime. Um, so it got to the point at our old church, uh, there were some problems. And, you know, God was really leading us to, to, to find someplace else. Um, and, you know, I've, I've told this guy like three or four times, now we're going to come check out his church. So maybe we should go check out his church. Um, the problem being is I was born and raised in a Baptist church. I've always gone to a Baptist church. Now he's Baptocostal. So this <laughs> Pentecostal stuff, you know, I had my own views on. Um, and, um, you know, God has really helped me to uh, see other aspects of uh, the church and, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I had my, my own views on speaking in tongues. And um, you shared a scripture one time, and I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but it said, you know, you, you can read a scripture 20 times, mm -hmm. and the 21st time you read it, you see something different. You know, the Spirit allows you to you know, interpret it or he shows you something that you hadn't seen before. And the scripture <laughs> said, when you pray in tongues. Not if, mm -hmm. but, you know, when. And that was, you know, I was like, light bulb, <laughs> you know. Um, there aren't just some people that pray in tongues or should pray in tongues or whatever, you know, that is a gift given to everybody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how, how is true life, you know, played a part in that? Well, it's opened up ministry or taken me back to the ministry that I love to do, mm -hmm. um, given me a lot of opportunities. Um, and a lot of the, the, the path where, you know, we, the things we went through, um, there were times I questioned God, you know, times we were angry at God. Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, but it's neat to be able at this point to look back at everything that happened and say, I can see exactly where God was leading me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, That's awesome. There's, you know, two two churches that uh, 
I'm not sure where he was going with that thought. Um, but he's true. It's what he said was, I can look back from the time that God told me this is where you need to be to now and see the footsteps and see the path that he put us on and be grateful and thankful for the path that he put us on. Because we wouldn't be the couple that we are now, we wouldn't be uh, the, the believers we are now. Um, being here has taught me how to trust God more than I did before because I didn't always listen to him. Not that I do now, but I listen <laughs> more clearly now. And I might still fight him, but I know his way is, is the best. And um, if it wasn't for the pastors, I wouldn't um, hear his voice as clearly as I do now. Okay. <laughs> Deep breath. Um, so, you know, of all the churches that we've gone to, there are two that I would call home. You know, the church I grew up in because my family was there and this church because I have a, a new family here. Amen. Well, you know, just to say how honored we are to have you, Karen helps monitor Facebook. Uh, so if you're on Facebook and you see a response, um, that's the lady that usually shoots that out to you. And she kind of, I mean, she's a teacher, so you don't need me to respond. Mine would be like, you do good. You know? <laughs> but so she, she has better of all that stuff. And Ron is, you know, he wore a T-shirt he made the other day. It says, I know stuff, I do stuff, or something like that. I know he, stuff and I fix things. Yeah, I fix things. That's, he can fix or do most anything. And matter of fact, I use him now almost exclusively for everything that, if he can make it, I'll let Ron do it. He he printed our uh, invite cards for the at the movies. Ron made, you know, he did those for me. I said, this is what I want, and he made that happen. The T-shirts, uh, Ron makes those now, and he does that for me, or for us. Um, uh, so if you go to, this is a plug for him, if you go to, is it Ron at Talon Web? Um. Etsy? I don't know, where, wherever you're at. But, I mean, he can do all kinds of stuff. He just made me a glass the other day with True Life logo and everything etched in it and just said, hey, thought you'd like that. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I mean, but it just he just does so many different things, but he's such a key component. Um, Ron and I get to spend a lot of time together. We've just been taping at the movies, um, and that starts next week. And uh, he just showed me. I'm going to be looking at the first one and reviewing all of that. But, I mean, there's so much stuff goes into what we do that he has to put up with me. Um, like, you know, I said, I need to have this back, so if there's any editing, I can give it back to you. You have to fix it, then i got to see it again, make sure it's all right. You know, and there's, I mean, literally, the man spends hours doing stuff that, you know, God is taking good care of him, and, we, you know, we, we bless him in any chance we get. But so thankful for you and Karen and... Uh, your wonderful kids. I remember first getting them involved in uh, youth and plays. And I remember RJ, he looked just like a mini Ron, but the kid turned sideways, stuck out his tongue. He looked like a zipper, just real skinny. I mean, and literally, we put him in a play and they, they had to launch somebody. And we said, RJ, because we're just like, don't throw him up too high. Because <laughs> he's just little. Yeah, and they, they had a lot to do with, you know, us coming here because mm. when we visited, 
Um, at that time, you know, Mel, Zach, and Sam did the youth yeah. in the back. You know, they took the kids in the back, and they just had such a blast. It yeah. was like they, 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 they wanted to come back. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything, PK? Just that we're honored that you're part of our yes. family. And that, Karen, you listen to him. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're honored that you're here. Yes. Would you guys just give us a big God bless you for the Claytons? Yeah. Thank you so much. You guys are all right. The, the guys will get those, I'm pretty sure. Well, we are uh, today. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, it's, I know it's 1118, and I'll, I'll keep a look at the clock, and I'll let you know when it's 130. Okay? We'll be all right. I want to welcome you all. Let's say hi to our online crowd. God bless you. If you're watching us, uh, my suggestion is if you're on Facebook, go to truelifemarion.com. You can see everything live from there. Facebook usually shuts us down. Uh, and, of course, on the website, they cannot do that. Um, next week starts at the movies. And because of copyrights, because we're going to be showing movie clips and all of that, we will not be airing this week or next week will not be Aired, uh, so we're going to pull a uh, a message off uh, out of the TLC vault, and and they'll be playing that. Uh, so there'll be there will be something for everybody to see. If you're watching online, you will be able to watch a message that um, we'll pick out that will say, "Hey, this should be a really good one for you." Um, but because of copyrights, the next two weeks are going to be covered. Uh, we you know so we can't we're not allowed to show that. So there's going to be popcorn free candy. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. We're going it, to—it'll be one of those—and we're going to build on that every year. We'll—we'll we'll do that series uh, once or twice a year and make that happen. Are you good? I want to talk to you this morning about just being you. Just be you. And uh, um, I want to welcome you here. And so I'm, let me just ask you: what What are some things that would be of value to you? Things that mean something. Maybe there's things that you have that you. You know, you would always want your, your children to have them, so to speak. Heirlooms, if I may. That you would say, I want, this, I want this to stay in the family. I know there's furniture or something out there. This was my father's or my mother's or my grandmother's. And uh, this pan was used by, you know, great, 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 great grandma or whoever. And I get it. And, and so I wanted to look some of this stuff up about when we're talking about just being you. What is an heirloom? Merriam-Webster defines it as this, a piece of property like a deed or charter that descends to the heir as an inseparable part of an inheritance of real property. And second thing they say is something of special value handed down from one generation to another. So I want us to talk for just a second. Why would we be talking about that? You know, God has things that are valuable. You are valuable to God. But I want to go even further back because he has a plan. Somebody say there's a plan. There's a plan for you and he has it. But there was a box that God had. And it was what they called it maybe the God box if you would. But he had stuff of value in that. I did a message one time and I had a little uh, chest up here. And I had the things in the chest that meant something to me when I grew up. I had a Batman and Robin pillow. You know the kind na 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 pow. That one. From the 60s or whatever, you know, because I was born in 1963. <laughs> but, you know, and I had some stuff in there that was, you know, my G.I. Joe was in that. Uh, and I used to shoot him out of a tree with a BB gun. Not, 
really has anything to do with anything else, but, you know, he was important to me. But in the Ark of the Covenant, this is what it was. It was known as the Ark of Testimony or the Ark of God, believed to be the most sacred relic of the Israelites and described as a wooden chest covered in pure gold with an elaborately designed lid called the mercy seat. If you remember those angels that touched, there was the mercy seat in the middle, and that was just amazing. Uh, According to the book of Exodus, the Ark contained the Ten Commandments, And in the new book, uh, or in Hebrews, in the New Testament, it also said it contained Aaron's rod and manna. Manna, would that be good? Point being, what was inside was important that God wanted to put it in there. And there was reasons for that. It's only one of a kind, and I've told you this before. Everybody in here, if you look at your thumb, it is an individual print. Nobody's thumbprint is just like yours. You are thumbbody. <laughs> See, I'm putting the jokes in before I didn't even have to tell one. You're getting them all right in the message. There you go. But you are unique, and God has special plans for you. Everywhere you are, if you have asked Jesus in your heart, if you said, God, I want to be in your family, your person, your body, your, your, your house becomes God's house. God lives inside you. Like, like Ron had said, he had, I heard God say this, and Karen reiterated, yeah, I knew we were supposed to go here. It is all about what is God inhabiting the presence of his people. It says he inhabits those that are praising him. Say this with me. Say, God is in me. God is with me. God use me. So let's jump into Moses here. Let's talk about Moses for a second. Exodus 4, 2 and 4. The Lord asked him, what's that in your hand? Moses replies, a shepherd's staff. God says, the Lord told him, throw it down on the ground. Moses threw down the staff. It turned into a snake. And the Bible says Moses jumped back. The Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. Moses reached out and grabbed its tail. It turned back into a shepherd's staff. One version says he ran away from it. When he picked it up, it became a rod again. I want to talk to you this morning about just being you. Moses has been hiding and running from God. He had been... Avoiding things. You ever felt like that? Just avoiding things. 40 years he'd been avoiding what he knows inside that there's a call in his life. He knows something else is calling him. He feels something else and he is trying to avoid it. So he stays busy. You know what's hard about not being busy? You have to listen to yourself. When it's quiet sometimes, doesn't things just speak loudest? You're just like, oh, I just need to be busy. We, if we go away, we're, you know, we go, anybody else like this, you have to have noise when you sleep? Fan? And if you don't, you put it on your phone. I have something my wife showed me on my phone. You can get it on your phone. Now, I can kind of sleep without it, but it, I'm used to sleeping with it. What happens when things get real quiet? Then we... Have you, anybody else been through stuff and you're just like, I just need to stay busy? Because if you slow down, you start thinking, and sometimes you start thinking the wrong things. But so after 430 years of, of bondage, the Israelites, God is about to free his people, and he wants to use Moses to do it. So he's got a plan. 
He speaks to him through a burning bush, and he tells him, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Well, now Moses, he just is, I mean, we read it because it's history. But Moses is like, look at me. I've got nothing. He had nothing. He had what he was wearing. He had a stick, a staff, and some sandals. And so God talks to him in this burning bush. So, I mean, that's, that's freaky in itself. But the bush doesn't get consumed, but God's talking out of it. And he tells him to take off his shoes because he's on what? He's on holy ground. I really think there's a deeper meaning. I think God is symbolizing, I want you to take off your shoes because I want you to stop running. If you don't have things on your feet, you can't go sometimes to the places you want to go. Now, we've moved to a house. We love our house. I absolutely love my house. You can't hardly see it from the road. The leaves are starting to fall off the tree, so you kind of maybe can glimpse, but you got to look through the woods. <laughs> but our mailbox is clear down the front. And so PK and I, she'll be like, walk with me. <laughs> Girls always like to walk. Let's go for a walk. And I don't mind. And I, I put on these stupid-looking slippers because I live in the country. That's advantages to living in the country. Of course, my wife has said, get in here, because when we lived on the boulevard, you can't wear that outside. Why not? <laughs> She'd be like, Brett. So anyway... <laughs> Me being me, but I, we walked down. But these slippers had the, just this, whatever the sole was, there was nothing. I could feel every rock I stepped on. We didn't get halfway down the drive, and I said, I will never wear these again down to the mailbox. They were terrible. You see, I think God is trying to tell him, look, you've been avoiding me. You've been ducking and dodging. I don't want you to run anymore. I believe God has created everyone in here and on, in, online watching in the sound of my voice on purpose for a purpose. Maybe you're not to be president. We could use one. But maybe you're not to be president. Did I say that out loud? Facebook just muted me, I'm sure. But you need to be who God created you to be. You need to be doing what he wants you to do. If you're running just like Moses did, you know there's a spot there that you're not going to get it filled anywhere. It's not You can try anything else, but nothing will satisfy that void but God. Maybe you're like me. You know some people. I know God's got a calling on their life. And they are doing everything they can to avoid it. They're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They're running. They're miserable. And you want to go, why can you not see this? But they see it. They just don't want to recognize it. If you're taking notes, here's our first thought this morning. You are what God is looking for. Just be you. This is your time. This is your season. This is your hour. This is your place. I can relate to Moses. He was afraid. You ever been afraid? I loved Karen. She's just raw and she's honest. I don't like being up here. 
And yet she teaches kids. And here she is. When Kim started, I mean, Kim is an amazing, she's the most amazing person I've ever met. She can hear something. She has perfect pitch. But she can hear something and she can walk right over to the keyboard and go, and just play it. I mean, if, you, if there's a jealous bone in your body, you are like, oh. But the kids grew up veggie tails. Anybody remember that? You want to be a cheeseburger? I'm on my cheeseburger. Where is my hairbrush? I come home, she's on the piano, and the kids are singing, and she's playing it. I'm like, where did you learn this song? Oh, I just heard it. Oh, you just heard it. But she's so good. She just, you know. But they asked her to be on praise and worship. We were on staff at a fairly large church, and they said, man, you're gifted. We want you to be on, on the praise team. And my wife was like, I don't want to do that. And kind of like Karen, the Lord had spoke to her, and she's like, I need to be on the praise team. God ever put you somewhere you really didn't want to be? Stretch you out. And she hid behind the keyboard. She kept her head down. She can sing. Of course, you heard me say that. You all need to gang up on her. She needs to sing. I'm saying, man, that girl, if she sang like Sandy Patty, she can sing, you'd swear it was Sandy Patty. She sang, We Shall Behold Him. This roof would probably just fly off and there'd be angels going, I'm saying. Her mama knows she can sing. So anyway, that's your job after church. But Moses, I can relate to being afraid. I, I remember being called to preach. I was actually on vacation with Charles and Charlotte. I went to visit because Kim was there. And so, you know, I, I, I showed up because <laughs> Kim was there. And the Lord called me to preach. And I was, you know, I was trying to convince God, you, God, you got me mistaken with somebody else. You don't mean me. And I remember what he told me. And I remember him saying, yeah, you're the guy I want. Maybe you're saying, Brett, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not talking about just being a preacher. I'm talking about doing whatever he's called you to do. He's called Karen to teach. He's called Ron to fix things. John, he can make what, you're a mason. You can, he does bricks and walls and roofs and whatever. John Schmidt, wherever John's at, he's probably out security out there. That dude, he does trees. He's like something you see in the movies. He came to my house Spikes in his boots, climbed clear up like 100 feet, waving at my grandson. Hi. I was just like, total respect. <laughs> but he knows exactly, but that's his job. That's what he does, and he does it well. It's, you don't have to be called to preach. What are you supposed to do? I will tell you, you're going to have to confront fear. If you're going to fulfill the purpose that God has made in your life, you're going to have to look fear in the face. Moses tried to talk God out of it. God finally says something like this to him. What's, what's in your hand? You may look at your hands and say, PB, I got nothing. It's just me. And God says, that'll do. That's enough. Moses says, I just got this stick. God gives him some instruction. He says, throw it on the ground. 
And it comes, goes from the natural to the supernatural, turns into a snake. The Bible says when it happened, one version says he ran away from it. Because, I mean, that would kind of be freaky. In Hebrews, it says Moses was a good speaker. So he, he was good with what he said. But it also, somewhere, he picked up a stutter. Maybe right here. Pick it up. Say what? You know, I don't know. But God tells him to pick it up by the tail. Now, I grew up watching Marlon Perkins in Wild Kingdom. Can anybody? You know, and Marlon was just a nice older gentleman, but he never really did that. Some guy named Jim did everything else. Well, I, well, I go up the river. Well, Jim goes up the river to fight the cobra. I stay here. You know, and so poor Jim is going to do whatever, but Marlon stayed back. But I knew enough that if you were ever going to pick up something like that, you pick it up by the head. Because that's where the teeth are. And that's where you, you want to control that. So I believe that God is saying this. I'm going to give you some stuff. And the things that you can't do, I'll get. I'll, pick, I'll take care of the teeth part. You just be obedient. You just pick it up. I'll get it so it doesn't hurt you. You see, you've got to overcome your fear. My God is bigger than my fear. You so what is in your hand? Whatever it is, could be common, could be ordinary, could be average. But God says He blesses the work of our hands. And if we don't do anything in heaven, it's the same as earth. Zero with zero in heaven is zero. But He'll bless what you put your hands to. Our hands are used to grab things, to talk. There's some people that cannot talk without using their hands. My youngest daughter, love her. When she gets excited, her hands are in use. I mean, she has just got to use her hands. Is you, Maddie, are you in the building here? She's, well, okay, she was taking pictures before. She's one of our photographers we use here at the church. But she love, I mean, that's just part of her personality. You know people like that. They, they're very animated. They use their hands. I get it. There's people that don't, they can't hear, so hands are used for sign language. Others, their hands are just kind. I remember my dad's mom, Grams, she was just kind. Her hands were just kind. She, she never spanked me. I never remember grandma spanking me. My parents did all that. And I'm not saying I didn't need spanking, so don't. But I just remember grandma's hands were always kind. She was always trying to give me cookies. When I got older, I'd say, Grandma, I'm, when I was <laughs> competing and starting to do bodybuilding, I'd say, I, I can't eat that right now. Oh, now, Brad, you need some more. Here, let's have some. Now, you eat that. I'm not going to go away till you eat that. Grandma was not good on diets. Not for me. But she was just so kind. Others have used their hands for bad things, for violence or, or whatever. Isn't it time that you and I started using the gifts God gave us for the good of the kingdom, for the things of God. Let's jump back to Moses. The Bible says that 
He picked it up again, and it became, uh, you know, and it was a stick. So it was a snake. He threw it down, did what he said, picked it up. It's a stick again. When it left his hand, now you need to hear what I'm trying to tell you today. I'm not talking about a stick. I'm talking about what he's using. He's just being him. He's just being you. You need to just be you. When he does what he does, he does it in obedience. And that's the key. I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. If he says pick it up, I'm going to pick it up. If he says go here, I'm going to go here. If he says give this amount, I'm going to give this amount. You might not understand it all, but because you know who's giving you the order, you can stand under it. We have done things when it came to giving or obeying or doing whatever. When we moved and started this church, you need to understand, it's been a, it's been a crazy ride. Remember Zach, we had a wonderful house, had 16 acres, had horses. Had to sell the horses. I had the best deer hunting I've ever had in my life. Amazing. Turkeys, deer, great neighbors. Kim had made the house beautiful. It was awesome. And we started this church. We were traveling an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes one way every week, packing the sound, setting it up in the school, going back home. And Zach said to me, he goes, Dad, you know, we had to sell the house, and then we had to speak to the mountain. And when the house Went on the mark, and, and, you know, he was like, where are we going to live? What if we sell this house and we don't have a place to live? And his exact words were, what if, what if we live in a shack? And I, I looked at him, I said, son, I, God will take care of us. And we, Kim and I stood together, I remember us facing that house, we called it sold, and God sold that house, and through a series of events... We lived in this amazing house about nine miles from here. And we went in and, you know, people would go by that house. They'd probably do it. I mean, just, it was just an amazing house. And it was a God thing. I mean, I can't make any other, it was God. I remember my mom and dad coming the first time from Florida. And that's the first time they saw it. And they pulled up. My mom's mouth was like, <laughs> mom doesn't really do that unless we're putting pie or cookies in it. <laughs> so... Jean Jean, the sugar queen, doesn't open that mouth for just anything. <laughs> but I remember telling Zach, I said, that's a pretty nice shack, isn't it? And I mean, it's just, we can't, God is just amazing. It is in the obedience. See, Moses had found what he held in the natural now became supernatural because he was obedient to do what God had asked him to do. What could God use you for now? What could he use you for now what's he calling you what could you put your hands to now you know what you have in your hands no matter what it is could do something incredible if that's what god said do this it would change from the natural to the supernatural sometimes we think god won't use us for him to use us we have to be something first we have to be mr incredible or whatever first let alone supernatural. We have to be off the charts in talent and looks, smarts, enthusiasm, motivation, personality, great work ethic. We, we need to have all kinds of money. We need to be set. But that's not how it works. I mean, those things are great. But I really believe God is looking for someone that's just wanting to be obedient. Maybe somebody ordinary like you and me, average, common, you know what he needs? He's looking for you. Just you. 
just you. When they were at the Red Sea and there's no way out, God said, what you have in your hand, hold it up. The sea parted. Now listen to me, the secret isn't in the stick. It's in the one holding it. Did you hear it? It's not as much in what's in the hand, it's who's holding it. Can I tell you, you put a basketball in my hand, it's a piece of rubber or leather, depending on what you company makes it, I suppose. You put it in Michael Jordan's hand, that's a superstar. Because it depends on whose hand it's in. Put a paintbrush in my hand, you better get a drop cloth. <laughs> but if Michelangelo was here, it could be a masterpiece. Because it really just depends on whose hand it's in. See, God is just looking for somebody to be, to be obedient. Somebody to just say, yes, Lord, just use me. Just use me. Just be you. You know, in the bitter waters of Maron, the people are thirsty. God says, put the branch, put it in the bitter water. What if Moses wouldn't have done that? Then the waters wouldn't have became sweet. Because sometimes God just needs somebody to be obedient. Just be you. When the widow woman was about to die, she's going to cook her last meal. So the prophet comes and gives her a formula that saves her future. Because sometimes all God needs is people just to believe him for what he says. And just be you. He wants an ordinary Joe, a common person. No frills, nothing put on, nothing fake. Just you. When I started preaching, God has always put favor on my life, and I'm very thankful. I, <clears throat> I got to be friends with a very well-known big preacher and got to ride on his jet and got to do that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I was very glad. I remember being very nervous the first time there. He came out and said, Did you, do you want anything? And he was eating goldfish crackers and a Diet Coke. And I wanted that because I was hungry. But I knew me <laughs> that I would probably dribble the Coke down my shirt and I'd probably miss my mouth with the crackers. So I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know what God is looking? He's saying, just be you. Now, I said that for a reason because then later I found myself trying to be him. I didn't really even realize it. And my wife pulled me after service and said, I, I want to tell you something. And so she said, the world already has one of those. Baby, just be you. Just be you. Sometimes just fulfill the need by just being yourself. The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's Jesus. God needed to redeem the world, and he sent his son to die, all while maintaining who he was, just being him. Quit saying to this, I don't qualify. I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. It's too big. And I'm so small. Sometimes all God needs is you to just be you. God already knows your excuses, and if he needed something above and beyond you, he'd have gotten it. But he chose you. 
Think about this. Where did Moses get his stick? Sometime in the desert. He was in the desert avoiding God for 40 years. That's a long time. Sometimes when we walk through dry places, you pick up some things along the way. You ever learned a lesson and you thought, I'm not doing that again. There's too much pain involved in this. This decision led this and I'm not doing that and all that. So along your journey, you learn something. Maybe a new way to fight. Maybe not even physically, but spiritually. Kind of like what Ron was saying. I saw that in the Bible. I've read it 20 times. And then on the 21st time, it says when. It didn't say if. And it clicked in there. Somehow the dots got connected. You see, God is saying, Ron, just be you. God will always equip you. He'll always give you things along the way. Tools that you will need. Maybe something you can use later in your life to defeat the enemy. Because all God needs is somebody to just be you. Moses now goes to Pharaoh to tell him that God said, let my people go. But God had told Moses, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. When you were in high school, if you knew a test was coming and you knew it was test day, if you studied, you felt much better about the test, didn't you? I know I did. If I went into the test and I knew I studied, I was like, I know I'm either going to ace this thing or I'm going to get at least a B. There's a couple times in my life I'm like, hey, if I can just fly out of here with a C, even if it's a D, I don't have to take it again. Hallelujah. But if you never studied, it felt a lot different when you went into the test room. Outside of a miracle, there's no way I'm going to get past this. And then the teacher says something, this is going to be a quarter of your grade. And you're like, no. Pharaoh asked Moses, why should I believe you? But Moses had the plan because God had said, here's what I want you to do. So he did all that. He threw the stick down, turned into a snake. Pharaoh called the magicians up. They did the same thing. Theirs turned into a snake. But he isn't, Pharaoh's like, that's no big deal. Kind of, if today's vernacular, whatever. Didn't impress him, but then Moses, let's just say the king snake or whatever, eats the other ones. Well, that's not supposed to happen. Let me just say some things. Magic in itself is created off of untruth. It's illusions, diversions, deception, sleight of hand. Even past this, because I looked at this, I prayed this week and said, well, what if, what if, you know, yeah, there's people, there's, I read different theories where, oh, some say this was the, and they somehow must have snuck something out of their robe and threw it down and, and it was in a casing and it, when it broke, the, uh, the snake was in the casing, they couldn't see it and it came out. I have no idea. I wasn't there. I can only read the account of the Bible. You know what I'm telling you? It matters not because the enemy is capable of people following him to try to mimic or copy anything that God, he tries to do that, does he not? So whether he could say, you know, I can do this and make a snake or do whatever, oh, whoop-de-doo, because I have God. And all God needs is somebody to just be you.
Here's our second thought this morning. You must be committed. You must be all in. You know, the world says there's all kinds of other religions. Every road leads to the same place. You know that is a lie. That is not true. If every road leads to the same place, you guys all take off, we should meet up here pretty quick. We're all going different directions when service is over. They don't all lead to the same place. There's Buddha. There's Muhammad. There's Hare Krishna. There's New Ageism. There's all these things going on now. There's all this, oh, and we must tolerate this. We must do that. We must, because this and this. Let's just go back to what we know is true. Let's go back to where the story gets told right and the rubber meets the road. Let's just understand that this all started with one God and it will end with one God. There's only one Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's only one way to the Father and that is through Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it before, he'll do it again. There is no other name given unto men that which we might be saved. It is the name of Jesus. Come on, church. We got to quit just trying to make everybody happy and just let them know this is the truth. The only time we'll really be happy is when we're doing what God wants us to do. And we're doing it his way. He is king of kings and lord of lords. I double dog dare you. Take five seconds, stand to your feet and give him a praise break. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Yes. It's not that God could take something common and ordinary, but his anointing, it is God in you. It is God doing things that transforms it. It is the obedience that goes to the supernatural. You see, some of us think, oh, the greatest part is that the stick becomes a snake. You're missing it. Listen to this. After, after the stick made a snake... God said, pick it back up, and it became a stick again. The real test is in that. If God would use you to do something amazing, to do something supernatural, I have people that I've prayed for, and I've watched God snap bones into place. I've watched demons leave people. I've watched blotches go off. I've seen things, swellings go down. I've seen him do so many things. And they say, you did that. You need, you need to understand, all I did, I'm the jumper cable. God did that. That's the difference. But here's the, here's the key. When God uses you to take something natural to supernatural, can you still be you? Or do you get big head disease? We've all fought it. Sometimes I, I'd be like, well, you have to get the last word in. I have to tell them. I just, this just happened not long ago. I had to say something. Hey, that wasn't their idea. That was my idea. And then later I'm like, I'm so sorry, Lord. Because it, can you be you? 
Can we keep our head from swelling? Can we be who God wants us to be and recognize that without him we can't be anything? We can't do anything? Are we too big for our britches? When God uses us in front of people and he does things on the stage of life to help them and to show how great he is, do we give him all the credit? When people see his hand on you and on me, can we just still be us? Can we go back to after he's blessed us or after he's used us to just being you? Ordinary you. I mean, really, we're all not all that in a bag of chips, are we? That's probably for me. Take a message. (laughs) If he blesses you supernaturally with success, and maybe stuff you've only dreamed about, there's a little button. If you push that, it stops. It just... (laughs) It's probably... Is that your phone, Mom? Okay. <laughs> I just like mom's like, I just like the ringtone. It gives me peace. Without him, we can't do anything without him. God started TLC with 17 people in my living room, six of them being my own family. He gave us this building, he provides for us. We've seen miracle offerings come in. Somebody say amen. Amen. He threw us down on the stage of Marion, and and he's got so much more for this church. Don't ever think that it's my brilliance. I'm not that good. I'm not that smart. I, I can't even do what I do without the wonderful people that help us do those. The people that greet, the people that usher, the people that are watching the children. Without my secretary, I I mean, it's just, God has used all these people. We are just us. That's what he wants. He wants us to just be you. But do you with all your heart. Do you, because God put a passion in you to be you, to give you a purpose, to live your life on purpose for him. Never lose the humility. Never lose understanding who your source is or your allegiance. You start out you, and then the real challenge is to stay you. Now, I get it. We all grow, and I don't mean you can't grow, but I mean you just have to make sure that you stay level-headed. Sometimes it's hard just to go back. Like, ooh, every time, then people are like, ooh. I had somebody come up to me and go, oh, every week, you better give me a word. Go to God and get your own word. I mean, I'll give it if God gives it to me, unless you want me to make it up. You want me to make it up? I'm good at that. That's not what they want. You have to just yield to the Lord. Just be you. If you're listening to me online and you're a businesswoman or a businessman and you're saying, (laughs) God's blessed his business. There was one guy that business got blessed a lot. And he was... All the way up, he was tithing. Then he was making a lot of money. And then tithing 10% of the lot of money, he was like, I don't want to do that. So he came to the pastor. He said, I'm having trouble giving away all this money. And the pastor said, well, the Lord's blessed you. He said, boy, he sure has. He says, well, let me pray with you. Father, I pray that you take off your blessing. He goes, no, 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 no. 
got to figure out that, man, this is, don't despise your small beginnings. Honor God all the way up. so much there's people that just need God when they need him and once he answers that then they're gone again that's not what he wants he wants your heart is life real life passing you by are you just existing are you empty inside are you a spectator instead of our participator I try to spit that one out I mean I can get a Pentecostal way man I can even get a Baptist nod Maybe a Catholic cross sign. How about a Vulcan live life and prosper? I don't care. Just be you. I want God, I want to be what all you've wanted me to be. But I still have to be me. I'm just going through this because it's 1158 and I know the time. It's not 1.30. But I'm going to get you out of here. You see... This whole thing, if we peel this banana down, peel the onion, whatever you want to say, it comes down to what's at the core. God's got to be there. See, the covenant takes care of blessing. I get that. The challenge is to find somebody that can stay humble and just be you. God sees your heart. He doesn't much look as your ability as almost at your availability. Are you willing? Can you be taught? We talked about being offended or being too proud last week. Can we get instruction? Don't despise your small beginnings. I just love God for who he's been to me, and I know he's going to continue. Turn to your neighbor and say this. I remember when you were just an ordinary Joe. You see, what happens is we get closer to God, we should draw closer to him. It shouldn't make us farther away from him. It should draw us closer, how much we depend on him. Some of you that I'm talking to right now, and maybe even some online, you need to be here. You need to be on the dream team. You need to be serving. You need to be you. God needs you. They need that smile. They need that handshakes. Somebody needs to hear that testimony. Somebody needs to see how God has used and worked in your life. God is looking for real followers. The Bible says these signs, these miraculous signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. That's amazing. We should have signs following us. I love my children when they'll say, Dad, will you pray for me? You know why they want me to pray for them? Because I'm just being me. Because I don't heal them. But the God inside me says, I want you well. And if you believe touching anything and agreeing, it'll be done. And they grab onto that and we see God do it. Can you be you in both good and bad times? It isn't always going to be sunshine and roses. It doesn't matter. If somebody said, hey, once you're a believer, everything's just going to be amazing. I don't know where they got that book. But the enemy does fight. But I know greater is he that's in me. 
than he that's in the world. I know that I can do all things through Christ. I know that I am more than a conqueror. I know I'm the head and not the tail. Why? Because Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and it is him my allegiance is. Really, honestly, in your life, you're going to have more probably normal days than supernatural days. I'm sure every time Moses went to the water, it didn't go... You know, you're going to have those times, but when you need those times, God can give you those times. Most of marriages are going to be more of the normal than the supernatural. You know, when Kim and I were first married, we didn't need two chairs to sit. I just, like, sit on my lap. Sit right here. Sit close to me. Sit whatever. I just, as long as I, I just need to touch you. I'd still do that today. But I'm overbearing. Young couples will say, let's hurry up and get married before Jesus comes back. About a year into their marriage, they're saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> People get up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. There's others get up in the morning and say, good Lord, it's morning. We've been married over 37 years. Most of the marriage is normal, but there are times that we have had to come together. We had to believe just like what the stick in Moses' hand. We had to believe for the supernatural. And if I couldn't fight, she's right there to fight. And if she couldn't fight, she was right, or I was right there to fight for her. Now, I'm just sharing with you as best I can, and I, I understand. There's going to be a fight, but you've got to be you. The enemy tried to take both my boys out before when we were in ministry living in one house. And the one time tried to take Sam. And I, I, I remember, how old was Sammy? Five. I'm holding him and, and his eyes, are, I mean, he can't breathe. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, am I going to... And we had, you know, I yelled down at Kim. I said, call the squad. And she is on the phone. I can hear her on the phone. And I'm telling Samuel, I'm like, Samuel Charles, you look at me. Now, Sam has been the guy that's been up here and played bass before. And he's all over the place. You know. I said, Samuel Charles, you look at me. You look at me. And he would look at my eyes. And I'm thinking in my mind, God, I, I don't know. But I can hear his mom downstairs calling the squad and she is not quiet she is she she is talking as ron said you will speak in tongues she is rebuking death and she's calling on god and she's doing everything and i'm agreeing with her and i'm saying the same thing and to this day you know he's here he's in full-time ministry serving god just be you at that point, you don't have time to go, I need to be somebody else. You can't be anybody else. Be you. No matter how big this church gets, no matter how involved that we may get, we have to always be us, and you have to be you. I still want to be the pastor that can come and sit at your table. No matter how this goes, I'll tell you what Kim wants to know. Here's something Kim wants to know. Okay.
I actually did the cue, and you guys are awesome. <laughs> Remember, I missed that before. Just keeping you awake. I'm about finished. You know what she wants to know? She has my responsibilities. Am I still going to do those at home? Do I, do I take care of the things I'm supposed to? Am I the protector of the house? Am I the priest of the home? Will I lead the family in prayer? Am I holding back things because I am the guy that's saying, you will not come here, enemy. You will not take my children. You will not take my, my family. She wants me to be who I'm supposed to be. No matter what else happens, no matter how life gets, am I still on my post? Am I who I said I would be? Am I serving the Lord? Just me. Me. You be you. I'll be me. And in that, that's a package the enemy can't stand. God created you on purpose for a purpose. Just be you. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you're watching,